I've got quite a lot that I wanted to share tonight, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, my wife is looking at me already. I brought my lovely wife, um, Lynn, and my two wonderful daughters, Hannah and Rebecca, with. Um, there was going to be a team that Carl released to maybe come with, but, but um, I just, well, Conrad said, no, leave it for my saints, please. You know? <laughs> Um, so, so um, yeah, they send all their regards from, from Stellenbosch. Um, so as most of you know, um, I'm, my name is Warren Lopes. I come from, from Stellenbosch, AM. I serve there. Um, and I've lived all my life in, in the Western Cape. I was born and bred Catonian. Um, I went to school in Paul Boys because I was a rugby nutter. I loved rugby. That's all I wanted to do was I played Craven Vierk. There was a sense I just wanted to go full out for rugby. And it became a God in my life, you know. And, um, yeah, and I went on from, I finished up in Paul Boys, and I went on into um, to art school. I studied graphic design. And in my second year, there was a gentleman called um, Tim Salmon. I know you know old Tim. Um, Tim Salmon was invited to a men's um, breakfast meeting, and a friend of mine um, that belonged to this church said, Warren, come along, you know, and I was like, yeah, okay, okay, and um, I went to this men's breakfast, and um, I must say, man, it was the most incredible time. We had worship very similar to this where you could just soak in the presence of God, you know? That, that sense, that reality of the presence of God is, is in the place. And, and it suddenly dawned on me, I was listening to the worship and just, just engaging. And, um, and then Tim started bringing the message. And at the end of his message, he just said, guys, I really believe now. Now, obviously, he didn't know everyone there. He only knew the leaders. And he just said, guys, I really believe that there's a guy sitting here that is going to commit his life entirely and totally to Jesus. And, and at that stage, man, my heart was, I had, do you know when you have this, this thing in your, in, your, in your throat and you're thinking, oh man, I'm just going to stop bawling my eyes out, I can't hold back because you're just feeling the love of God. And... Um, yeah, and he said, I just feel that there's a gentleman here, a young man that's going to commit his life wholeheartedly to God. And before he even finished, I had both hands up because I knew it was my time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And um, yeah, and I, he, I just bawled my eyes out and a lot of blokes came around me and Tim came around, lay hands on me. And they led me to the Lord. And it was like me coming face to face, like not literally face to face, but me encountering God's presence and love for the first time. It was, all I can explain, it was like the waves of love that was just washing over me. I mean, I couldn't, I could not um, receive this, you know. Anyway, he led me to the Lord. And, um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, he led me to the Lord, and it was an incredible time in my life because my life just started changing. From I was at one stage hungry 
for finance. I was hungry for materialism. I had friends that were multimillionaires. And all my whole drive was finance. My whole drive was materialism. I wanted the fancy car. I wanted the big house on the hill. I wanted all these things. And when I met with God, it was like my whole life changed. It was like, it was like he brought perspective, you know. Um, and suddenly I was like, man, I was going, no, this is incredible. I don't want that stuff anymore. But, you know, God, if you're going to give some of that stuff, then so be it. You know, I'm still learning to process this whole thing. And, um, yeah, and it was just incredible um, time. My, my life just swung totally around. And now all of a sudden I wanted to preach to my friends. And all of a sudden I saw them as sinners, you know. And as I've, I've this judgmental eye, God had to sort of teach me how to love people. And I went through, I, mean, I remember buying, using all my pocket money, buying um, Christian material. I was reading my Bible day in and day out, and I just couldn't get enough. There was this supernatural hunger in me that drove me to God's Word, drove me to God's presence. And I was having encounters after encounters with God. And um, I remember my mom um, um, came to me and said, Warren, what is going on with you, son? You know? He, I'm seeing such a change yet he joined a cult or something, you know? And uh, I like saying, no, mom, you know, this is the love of God, and this is just so incredible. This is what the Word says and all these things. You see, because my folks taught me how to fear God. They taught that to me. They taught me about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the reality, I was empty inside. I didn't have relationship with them. And in Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Revelations 3 verses 16 says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Guys, this verse is saying that if we are not fully committed to following God, meaning having relationship, having one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, that we are not children of God and that he will reject us. So I, I want to I encourage you all to please, if, you've, if you have not, if you're sitting here and you have not yet made the commitment to serve Christ, I'm going to say, guys, it doesn't take Einstein to see we're at the end of the times. We're at the end of the times. There's a season we're at tipping points. Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride, a bride without blemish, a bride without spot and wrinkle. And he should be our main focus. And it's all about relationship, guys. Because if we don't have this thing, then nothing else can work. It's got to come from a place of relationship. And in 2 Corinthians uh, 6 verses 2, it says that today 
is the day of salvation. Guys, don't leave it till tomorrow because tomorrow might not come. I don't know if you guys saw the football the other night. If you guys following football, I think this is the Poland. We watch for rugby here. This is my my type of... But anyway, the football the other night, a guy was playing in a... I think it was Premier League and he fell down dead. And they had to resuscitate him back to life. Guys, we don't know when our last breath is going to be breathed. And the seriousness of this needs to and needs to head home. God is calling us home. We're sitting on the outskirts. He's calling us home. You know, relationship, in fact, I'm going to go off my notes now. I was invited to speak at Assemblies of God Church many years ago, and they had international, well, a a national um, youth event where these various youth groups from across South Africa would come. And we had it in Stellenbosch. It was incredible. God gave me the opportunity to share there. And one of my best mates, a guy called Chris Chris, uh, Pascal from America, he would prophesy on literally five instruments. He was an incredible man. He He would minister prophetically to people in song. And he led us. There was about 150, 200 kids at this event. And he led us into, into worship. And it was incredible. And during worship, God says to me, Warren, I want you to take your notes and just frumble them up and put them down. And I'm going, man, my heart's pumping. I've been, I've been prepping like for two weeks on this stuff, man. And you know, how can I? This is what I feel you've given me, Lord. And I hear the Lord say, Warren, put down the notes again yesterday and I'm thinking no and the time's getting closer now and Chris finishes his last song and he calls me up and he says Warren your turn bring the word and I walked up and I, and I heard the spirit of God say clearly to me Warren if you want my spirit to be poured out upon these kids you will obey my word take your notes and throw them on the floor I just obeyed. I just took my notes, threw them on the floor, and I stood and I looked amongst these kids. I saw the leaders standing in one side. I saw the kids all looking at me with these groot, nakapi eyes. I'm okay for me. And I said, I just looked at them and I felt the Lord just, when I was obedient and I threw the notes down, I felt the Lord say, ask them, what is the key to any good relationship? And I asked them this question, a few kids put up their hands, and there was, there was no wrong answer. They had all brilliant answers. But this one kid stood up and he said, communication. And the Lord just highlighted that. And I felt like in relationship, when we have relationship with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, we need to be in communication with Him. We need, there, there's going to be times that we are spending time with him in his word. There's going to be times that we spend time just talking to him, you know, giving him the glory, just worshiping him. There's going to be times that we're going to sit, chip still, just quietly listening to what he has to say. Because believe me, just like you, he loves you to talk to him, he also wants to talk to you. He wants that more than you want that. And you know the first place that he talks to you? Do you know the first place that he talks to you guys? 
is in His Word. This is the first place that He talks to us. So meditate on this thing day in and day out. And when you come to a quiet place next to a stream, you will see love language start. And this thing will then become revelation to you. When you start reading it, the Spirit of God will start breathing on it and bring rhema to your spirit. It will become meat. You'll start eating that thing. And God will move you on from one degree of glory to the next. Relationship is what it's all about, guys. Well, that, that evening, that, that, that ended up, I, I, we, we spoke about communication and about, you know, the love of the Father and how he wants to talk. They, I let the kids out for five minutes and they went out into the fields and they came back and they had incredible stories about how God had spoken to them. You know, love language is... Is a, is a beautiful thing, and it's developed when we are intimate, when we have intimacy with Him, when we sit there just loving Him. You know, He'll start speaking to you. You'll find that you'll sit outside in the garden, and you'll watch a bird come by, and His feather will drop out, and God will speak to you through that. You know, the river will flow, or you'll stand by a waterfall, and God will start speaking to you through that. My love language with God is birds. He took me to England. I spent 15 years helping build churches in England because he spoke to me through one single bird. And I've seen amazing, incredible things, outpourings of the Holy Spirit like never before. If I start telling you these things, folks, you'll start shaking. The Spirit of God has been poured out around the world like never before. And it's our inheritance. We can tap into this, you know, if we are hungry for relationship with him. Are you guys okay? Do you know how much I love you? I love you guys so much. So don't leave this place tonight if you've not made a conscious decision to serve him because that's what this meeting, that's what this event is all about. Oh, and by the way, happy Father's Day. <laughs> the Father loves us. In his house, we are, we are sons. We might be fathers in the home, but in the house, we are sons and daughters of the living God. And again, he's wanting to bring, he's wanting relationship so that he can that he can help you in your destiny, in purpose. We all have a, there's, there's a plan for each and every one of us sitting here. You know that. Do you know that, guys? Don't, don't think that there is no plan for you. Don't think that you're just going to be sitting here for the rest of your life. There are people here that God's going to use around the world. There are people here sitting, and I don't care how old you are. If you've submitted everything to the Lord, God will pull favor. His favor will rest upon you. It's biblical. Just read the scriptures. So, yo, I'm so happy, man. I'm so happy for you guys as a church. I don't even know if I'm going to go into this part. I spent, when I finished, when I finished, um, 
my studies, I, I was so hungry for more of the Lord. And it was incredible because I wanted to go and study theology. I wanted to go and study. I wanted to eat this thing day in and day out, you know. I wanted to study. That's what I wanted to do. But God had other plans for me. The military called me up and um, they said, no, man, you've finished your, 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 um, your, your degree in, in design. You are coming to the next call-up. And it was just, just happened to be the last call-up in the military. And I went off to the military. And I was like, yesterday, I was like, Oh, I can't believe it. Now I'm going to have to go to the ministry. I just got saved. I'm a year in and, this, and I'm learning so much about the Lord. And yesterday, and this is the last place that I want to go, Lord. And, but God had a plan. God had a plan and purpose for me to go. And I went to the military. And in my basics, I started seeing all the newborn Christians, these young men that just became born again. I'm like going, yo, these guys have just given their lives to God. Lord, what are you saying here? You know, it's, could this be a mission field for me? You know, I was like, wow, it's so excited. And um, the next thing, it was like I saw one, I saw two, I saw three. We started reading Bible together. You know, we started praying over each other. Then the next one said, oh, he needs prayer. And then so the group just grew. And then eventually I had to find, on our base we had a library. I was in Youngsfield. On our base we had a library and we... We just all got together. It, it got to a stage where we totally filled up the, uh, the library. The library was busting at the seams. And at that time, they started calling me preacher because I was trying to preach the word of God to all these young guys. They started calling me preacher, preacher. Yo, and, and things went on, and we got to the end, end of our six months. And um, I remember the padre of the unit coming, coming up one Wednesday evening, and he opened the door, and we were loads of us. We just finished singing song because one black brought his guitar, and we were having worship. And we were laying, actually laying hands on, on people. And the padre came in, and I think he was from the Dutch Reformed Church. Young guy opened up the door, and he says, Vis in charge, Esau, vis in charge. And, um, and, of course, I was at the back praying for some guys, and all my mates were going, preachers in charge, preachers in charge. I was like, oh, don't say that. And uh, they called me up, and I went to the front, and I st stood there looking at this predicant. We called them padres in the military. And um, he said, What are you doing? It's the cold, he said, What are you doing? I said, We want to worship him, and we want to spend time praying and um, reading scripture together. And he looked at me, and he said, Okay, let's all listen to you. Come on. And he turned around, and he went. So we had our Wednesday meetings together. It was so, so awesome. I could see the, the, the hand of God on this. And then what happened was, um, there was one evening, I remember, it's my last story, sorry. One evening, we were sitting there, and I was in the bungalow, and I was, I was just ironing away, because the next morning we were going to have a huge inspection. And those guys that have been in the military, you know, we sleep under our beds. And um, I was ironing my bed and ironing my clothes, and I hear these, these guys running from outside, and they come into the bungalow, and they're shouting, Preacher, preacher, preacher! You know? There's a over to people with his rifle. He's going to take his life. And I, I didn't even think. I just grabbed my... We, the military issued us little Gideon Bibles back then. 
and we would put in our, in our, in our pockets. And I grabbed my Gideon Bible and I ran, man. I ran to the parade field. And now it's becoming, it's sort of almost as dark as this now. And I'm running and I can't see the guy. And I'm running and running and running and running. And all of a sudden I see this image sitting there in the middle. And I'm running to this image. And as I'm getting close to him, about 20 meters away from him, I see this bloke is holding his rifle like this with his, with his finger on the trigger. And he's sitting, but his head's... Um, braced against the, the rifle um, and I'm sitting there and I'm suddenly dawning on me I'm thinking, oh my word, I'm, I'm so close to this bloke what happens if he turns the, the, the rifle to me and shoots me? So, um, so anyway, it was God's grace I sat down with this guy and we just started chatting and the peace of God neutralized everything this, we started talking about the love of God we started talking just about relationship with him and then he ended up opening up of what his issue was. And he ended up dismounting the, the, the magazine, giving it to me. And we walked off back to the bungalow. And, and he ended up locking his, his rifle away. But this is the favor of God that will rest upon us if we make ourselves available. Because, guys, I'm not special. Man, for many years I have... Uh, there, was, there was a couple of years in my life I had deviated off. And my heart got cold. And because of relationship, because the setting like this, family setting like this, is so important. There is accountability with one's leaders. There is, you're, you're knitted into family. The fathers can look out for the young guys that are straying and going off the beaten track. Accountability is what it's all about. And these men of God that, that I was knitted into relationship with, they encouraged me and said, come on, man, what are you doing? What are you doing, Warren? And they pulled me back into the presence of God. And this is, this is actually the story that I want to read tonight to us. I know it's about fathers. I know it's about Father's Day today. And, I, and, I, and I, what I want you to hear is hear the heart in this, because, yes, we are fathers, those of us who are fathers, but we are also sons in the, in, in, in the, in the kingdom of God. We are sons of, 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 of God. Amen? Sons and daughters. And I don't know how we're doing with time. Are we okay? How many minutes? 30 minutes now. Okay, so I don't even know if I'm going to read that scripture. I'll very quickly tell it to you if I may. Just very quickly. But there's something in this story that I feel is for you guys, or for us. The prodigal son, it's a scripture in, in Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. I don't know if you want to just put that scripture up there, and they can read it in their own time. But it's a beautiful story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son. And um, there's an awesome, there's, I mean, there's an awesome twist in the story. But I'm just going to quickly go through it. It's pretty much about... A father and two sons. The one son decides to take all that he's inherited and goes and blows it in a faraway country. And when I say he blows it in a faraway, he literally has bankrot after he's spent all the money. And um, what, he then, what then happens is he comes to a place in his relationship where he realizes he's made a mistake and he wonders, if I can go back to my father's house where I've come from, then 
then I know that I'll, I'll have a little bit of food to eat because the country that he was living in and serving in um, and feeding pigs in was, 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 was heading into a massive famine. So he decides, and he has this journey, and he goes back home to his father, and he says to his father, there's this one part in that scripture, he says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He now he has that in his mind as he's on his way to his father. That's what he's going to tell his dad. I'm going to get home and I'm going to tell my dad, treat me, I'm no longer a, 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 a son in your house, but treat me as one of your hired servants. And he gets, he, he sort of gets to a distance away from his home and the father sees him from afar. The father sees him from afar and the dad goes, I can imagine him, the dad picking up his robe, running to his son, grabbing hold of his son, embracing him, kissing him, pulling him to the cheek, accepting him into family. His, his, then his son starts, starts speaking. You read the story when you get home. The son starts speaking. He says, but father, I've sinned against heaven and against earth. Sure, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm, just, just take me in as a hired uh, servant. The, he, the father just pushes that. He rejects everything that the son said. And he says to his, his servants, he says, bring the best robe. Now, it's not just any robe. It's the best robe. And put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. And then go and kill the fatted calf. Not just in a old fatted calf. The fatted calf. Back in Hebrew days, they, they set, that was for special occasions, they set a special calf aside and they fattened him up for a special occasion. So here we have the story where the son has not come back to the father. He's almost, he's repented to a degree and he's coming back and he's saying, Lord, just, dad, just take me in as one of your hired servants. His dad doesn't want anything of that. His dad says, no, I'm going to put a robe around you. I'm and you know what a robe stands for, guys? It's royalty. Royalty. Isn't that quite prophetic? He then puts a, 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 a ring on his finger. Do you know what a ring signifies? Back in the days of, of the Hebrews or the Jewish, the Jewish families, the fathers always made a ring for the, for the family, for, the, for, the, for their sons and their daughters. And this ring had, had their name engraved on it, almost like a family crest on it. And this ring signified three things. It signified authority, it represented family name, and it gave access to the family wealth. So this ring was given to the child so that the child could have authority to represent family, the family name, wherever it went. And when the child would get lost, anyone could just look at the ring and they'd know exactly who that child was. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And the ring gave, gave access to the family wealth. So the kid could sort of use the ring, and it's was like a modern-day credit card. The, the store maker in the marketplace used to put a hot a dollop of wax on there, and the kid would come and push, push the ring in there, and they would charge the father's account. It was incredible. I... I've got so much to tell you about that, but I know we, we are, we are, we are, we are there's, there's time, there's time limitations here. But I really feel that God is wanting, he's calling the prodigals back, whether you're a father or whether you're a son. 
There's a sense of he's calling you back and he wants to restore to you relationship. He wants to put the robe, the royal robe of royalty around you. He wants to embrace you and accept you as his own. He wants relationship with you. He wants to put that ring on your finger and restore authority, family name, and family access to heavenly wealth. Amen? Might be a spiritual wealth that we're talking about. But this is what God is wanting to restore to his people, to his church today. So I'm going to end off by saying, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know Conrad has, has asked, is there anyone here tonight? And I feel God is going to give the second opportunity. If there is anyone here tonight, there's two calls that I feel God has given me, two calls. If there's anyone sitting here that has not yet made a right relationship with the Father, commitment where you want relationship, where you are having relationship, don't leave this place without committing your life tonight. Okay? And then the second thing that I feel is that I feel that, that some of you, maybe one or two of you, I don't know who it is, might have experienced God's presence, might have experienced relationship with Him, but because of hurt in church or relational hurt, it's kept you cold and you've turned from the church slightly. And I feel that God is wanting to restore first love tonight. Amen?